Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lonnie, can you explain to me, at my little sleepy cinema that I go to, with just the oldies and me, who it's a nice little safe space for me, feels very homey, feel welcome there, why there were two children's birthday parties happening for this movie. One was like maybe 12, 13. The other one was like under seven. And they sat right at the front, front two rows, getting up, running around, talking. They've got the little lolly bags, the little party bags that they're taking home. I can't, like how... And then I look to my left and there's these two teenage boys who are sitting in the row behind me who have started to put their stinky socked feet, because all teenage boys' feet smell bad, through the chair, like through the arm of the chair. So they're just resting there next to me. I I can't speak to the last bit you said, but for the birthday party bit, I mean, it is a Spider-Man movie. Not at my cinema. Not at your cinema. Take it elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good point. That is something more you'd see at a like a shopping center. Go to Hoyts. Complex. Go to yeah. Hoyts at a shopping center. Don't come to me in my personal cinema. <laughs> Sounds like you need to run a cinema today when you can. Make oh, I've always dreamed of it. Do you remember that little cinema we saw in? Um, what was that town called? I might need more information. Well, we got Sam's... Sorry, sorry guys. Sorry, everyone. Let me just get out for a personal conversation here for a sec. Um, the Malumba. stairs... Malumba, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had his little tiny... I was just being funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the guy had this little tiny cinema, which was awesome, that he mm-hmm. ran himself. And I was like, oh, when I retire, this is what I want to do. 100%. Mm. Spider-Verse. My name is Lonnie. Your name is Sine. How are you doing, Sine? Hey, I'm good. I'm... Uh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I'm here. Are you okay? Yep. <laughs> Do we need to call anyone? Do a welfare check on you. I'm fine. Okay. Are your concerns about how great Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse were? Or is there a sense of hesitation in your voice because everyone else loved this movie... But you have some qualms. I mean, it's me. Of course I have qualms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, by the time this comes out, everyone in the world will have seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse making bank yes. at the box office. Um, but just quickly, Snake, can you tell us a bit about the movie and what the <laughs> go is? No. <laughs> who Spider-Man is? Miles Morales. Can you go through every Spider-Man who appears in this movie? No, I could not. From chronologically, okay. Um, So, I don't know. It's the sequel to the first movie. We're dealing with multiverse stuff, multiple Spider-Men. Also, what are we doing? What's the goal? Oh, there's like two villains. That's right. My pet peeve, two villains. I don't know. We're just, we're saving the universe or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sure. So, Miles Morales began his story in the last movie where um, he was bit by a uh, radioactive spider. I mean, we know how Spider-Man's, like, created. We don't need to... Yeah. And he has an Aunt May, and then his Uncle Ben dies, and then he says, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, we all know this. Yeah, I was saying that happened in the last movie, and now this movie he is settling into his life as Spider-Man in his universe. Um, He's quite isolated, though, because can't really talk to anyone else about being spider-man and quite strangely for him he began his spider-manning life with a whole bunch of other people he could talk to and sort of connect to Mm. get a mentor Mm -hmm. yet now he's on his own and trying to deal with that as well as being in high school and all those quite relatable spider-man things that we make us love the character Mm -hmm. he's given the opportunity however to 
see Gwen Stacy from a different universe who he's sort of got a thing for and they've got a thing for each other. At the same time, the villain, the spot, is causing trouble. He's trying to sort of sort him out, but he's quite distracted. He can't really fully be Miles Morales, teenager, and Spider-Man at the same time. He can't devote enough time to do both well. Which again is a classic Spider-Man thing which we all know and love, unlike other heroes who live in a big Avengers mansion. He's sort of trying to deal with his regular life at the same time. He follows Gwen through to different universe and gets caught up in the Spider Society and Miguel O'Hara. Do you like Oscar Isaac's name? I don't mind Oscar Isaac's person as an actor, yeah. <laughs> as a person? And you're dealing with him personally. <laughs> he's always been okay. In my personal experience with him, he's been lovely, yes. Yeah, I like him too. Um, I feel like he's been let down a bit by the big blockbusters he's appearing, but not this one. Um, he's great in June. Yeah, I was thinking more Star Wars and yes. X-Men when he's Fair. Poor, very poorly done there. Anyway. So yeah, he becomes sort of enemy number one because he doesn't want to go along with the regular Spider-Man canon events, which you just mentioned about having someone die, taking responsibility, all these things that the Spider-Verse people sort of have to go along with. So the idea there, sorry to jump in just to clarify. So the idea there, right, is that there are set events that happened in every Spider-Man or Spider-Person's life yeah. that need to happen in order to keep the multiverse yeah if you start messing with it that then that leads to the problems and the universe is collapsing on in on themselves to me i'm like is that something that miguel is just saying because mm. like all of the different spider people have different spider events happening um and is like the the universe that brittle that one spider-man not having someone die will destroy it uh, no, it seems convenient that the villain tells us the, the parameters of the story. So I, think... I, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes, you know, in the future. Yeah, and also, well, two things. Firstly, because there's different iterations of spider people, different things happen to them. Like a Mary Jane and a Gwen don't necessarily come in the same universe as far as we know, necessarily. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, and I think that's why it's a bit loose, because, like, for... A, a Peter Parker, he has a Gwen and a Mary Jane, right? Yes. But Spider-Gwen, or, or Gwen as we know her from this universe... She had Peter. She had a Peter Parker. Yeah. So like, but maybe so it's more... I guess it's like she had a, someone she was close to. Yes. Sort of Is it more archetypal then rather than specific person? Yeah, I guess so. What I mean, I, obviously, it's, it's fair enough that the Spider-Men do seem to follow similar journeys because mm. in multiverses, they're like the person and then the town sort of spreads out across the multiverse mm. but I feel like maybe Miguel is being self-serving in some of his mm. he's trying to keep things a certain way and he's the villain as it turns out he is yeah he's someone they're fighting well the other point anyway, and, oh, sorry I was going to finish yeah. my thought because I said firstly and then never said secondly secondly Spider-Man is the one character who like when you tell him something's not possible he's going to find a way to make it work I think that is integral to his character. And so would that not be accounted for in the multiverse situation? That he's always going to try and do both? Potentially, that's something I want to get into. So the idea is that that Miles is told, hey, this is how the multiverse works and you've screwed up because you stopped something from happening that was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. That classic thing you always hate in Doctor Who where it's like some things have to happen, some things can be changed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Some things are fixed. Whatever's convenient for the plot, yes. Absolutely. And that's how it works. <laughs> and that's what, what Miles uh, objects to when he's told. So there's always a police captain or a police official who yes. dies and they're close to Spider-Man. And he's like, well, my dad's about to become captain. They're mm -hmm. like, well, sorry. He's got to go. <laughs> so's mate. Uh, he's on his last few days. <laughs> and Miles obviously doesn't want to go along with that. Now, in your understanding of... Peter Parker, which you know from watching oh many God. movies and yeah. whatnot. Well, you know enough about him. Mm, like, okay. Say there are there are there are versions of Peter Parker and Spider People here who we think are going to be great people, right? And yes, that's what we love about Spider Man. He's very moral and he's he's got the strongest ethics and great power comes great responsibility. That's how superheroes. That just sums up mm -hmm. the whole concept. Do we think he'd go along with this? 
because I'm not sure the Peter Parkers and the Spider People of the world, apart from Miguel, who we know is quite evil, they they're like, sorry, kid, you got to have your dad die because we went through it, and he's like, no, and they're like, no, what? Let's let's stop you from preventing your dad from from dying. You think they would be like, no, this is the opportunity for you not to go through what we've gone through. I mean, I guess I guess it is something they do because it is something they do. Sorry, did that make any sense? <laughs> you said that that's how the story plays out, and that's like yes. Yeah, so I, know, I, I know what you mean. I guess but I, I think that maybe it's just taking a step back from how the yeah. story is constructed. Sure, there are so many Peter Parkers going along with this story. It's kind of like mm, I think it's unreasonable sure to expect there wouldn't be at least a couple of spider people who had an objection to this. Yeah, and I guess the op- opposite side of that is that maybe those ones don't get into the spider society, which is fair enough assumption. Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah. Because not every spider person is in the spider society. No, well, yeah, exactly. Hobie leaves. Spider punk. Um, and also, like, Miguel is perhaps selective in the information he presents to other people. Because um, he does sort of have the core group with him in the room when he tells um, Miles, your dad's going to have to die. But then when Miles leaves, he's just like, everybody, go get Miles Morales. And they, they chase him because they're being told by the leader. So maybe, uh, I guess what I'm saying it's not like they all sat down, had a big chat about it and weighed up the pros and cons and like, hey, yeah. what, let's go get him. So, I think you make an interesting point about whether that's actually true or not or whether he's misleading because he's got his own personal baggage, right, where he lost his wife and child because yeah, it was... universe or whatever. Yeah, whatever he did wrong. Oh, that's right. His family died and so he went to a different universe to try and be with them. Didn't work oh, out. Similar to Kingpin's story in the first Ooh. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So just because he went through the hurt, he thinks everyone else needs to hurt sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Well, he's trying to keep the universe together, I guess. All the multiverse universes yeah. together. Yeah, well, he's saying he is. Yeah, but he's that. He's hmm. a bit of a naughty boy, I think. <laughs> yes. And, and it, it does make you question, and... The multiverse is very varied, so some of these things are hard to account for. But, like, mm. surely every Spider-Man has a sense of humour. He doesn't. They comment that, that he is actually quite serious. and. Well, it depends whether you think, like, a sense of humour is integral. Because being a man isn't integral. Being a human isn't integral in these yeah, Spider-People. Like, what actually are the canon events? Like, did Spider-Cat have an uncle who died? Like, a cat uncle? Like, is that... Like, how far are we taking this, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. And, yeah, maybe that sort of thing, talking about would these people go along with it, is is not the real core question here. Mm. The multiverse, I think we're all getting a bit sick of it, aren't we, Sunday? I reckon this iteration is going to be the last one that mainstream audiences will tolerate, I reckon. Yeah. And then I think we're out. I think I'm out. Yeah. Should I just say that I, <laughs> this is the last oh, one that well, I will tolerate? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's the thing, like, they're doing it well here, and with those questions that happen with any multiverse story about all those sort of different iterations and whatnot, my other concern about this is that the reason we love Spider-Man, Peter Parker or Miles Morales, is because they're regular kids trying to get through high school and college or, or yep. live a life and balance that with their powers and responsibilities, but they're generally in New York... They're living normal lives, and that sort of gets in the way. But they're doing things to protect the little people. Yeah. When you see Spider-Man in a different universe, he's there with a million other Spider-Man. They've got like a massive building. They're going up to space on a on a ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that. That is a little bit too far away from the reason we like this character. It's my concern. It reminds me of our discussion about Daredevil. Talk about actors not getting a great run with their IP um, and that we really liked just the regular fighting on the streets, taking down mm-hmm. evil Daredevil rather than the there's a secret underground organisation and there's this bigger thing going on and like I just think yep. people well producers and writers and people in the film industry think that they have to make something big and important with a capital I when maybe just a smaller tightly contained well-told story is what we're after i think that leads me into my 
main criticism of the film no my secondary criticism of the film which is that there's two villains i hate that i absolutely hate it i hate it i hate it hate it a movie doesn't need two villains (laughs) it's almost like they're like ah but there needs to be a bigger plot that they are uncovering that they didn't yet know i here's the thing i love spot is that his name human spot spotty what's his name spot the spot i think okay here's what i love i love him as a villain couple of reasons jason schwartzman is amazing sounds a lot like ed norton in voiceover just a little aside i love that we haven't seen him before i am so sick of seeing the same villains for these characters over and over again i think i spoke about it in relation to batman i don't want to see joker if i see joker i'm going to stab someone i don't want to see joker no give me something new these stories are based on comic books from decades there are hundreds of villains that you could choose from and so i loved that they chose one that was weird and like that i hadn't heard of before i thought that was really fun i think this movie should have been about spot mr Spotman, and then the next movie is dealing with miguel and his whole taking over the world universe situation my issue my main issue this time actually for real with the movie is I don't think it's a half movie like other people have been complaining of. I think it's a one and a half movie. And I think the one is the spot in all the universes and him getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which is a great hook to lead you into the multiverse thing. All of that should have been in the next film. This film ends midway through a scene. There's no ending. There's no act three. This is just totally not structured well. And I think, I'm going to make a huge claim here, I think people have forgotten how to write a middle movie, a middle sequel. I think people are misunderstanding the function that that plays in a trilogy. And I don't think that they wrote it and did it correctly here. Like, I think they were trying to do too much in this movie. It is so long. It is so long. It is two hours and 20 minutes. Way too long. I need that cut. I need... I need just clearer boundaries of what story we're telling. And ending it in the middle of the scene really, really angered me. Because you're acting like that's a hook, right? To let us into the next one. And we can't wait to see what happens next. I got so mad when that flashed up on screen. Because I was like, you haven't told your story. You haven't finished the story you're telling. And it needs, to, the middle movie, it needs to have its own story as well as be a lead into the to the sequel. Like, into the end of the trilogy. Like, it needs to be its own story and... I don't think this film was. There, I said it. Hate me all you want. Send a hit out on me. I don't think it was structured very well. So what do you think it should have been structured as? I think it should have just been the spot Hmm. getting bigger and bigger with his, like, universes he's creating or whatever he's doing. And you have the end bit be he gets to go and meet Miguel or learns that there's all these other spider people in this spider society and here's what they're trying to do. So would you have the spot defeated in some way? Yeah. Or, not necessarily defeated, but you could have the realisation perhaps that he's um, causing bigger and more complicated issues at the end and then end there. Like, I just think it needs to be pushed further forward mm. in the direction. And it's not like this movie doesn't have fat that could be trimmed. He has like three scenes with his mum talking about the exact same thing that we did not need. You even mentioned that. Too yeah, many too scenes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the ending that... So he sees the spider people, but he escapes, but finds himself in a different universe. That's an interesting hook for the next movie. Yeah, it is. <sighs> and, like, Gwen has gone around and she's sort I of guess for Gwen's story. society that she's... Yeah, but, like, there wasn't enough time for her to develop that. Hmm. Like, there wasn't enough time. All they had was that one scene where she's like, we're supposed to be the good guys, and all of a sudden a bunch of people are, like, going with her. Like, I just don't think... There was something unbalanced narratively to me. Hmm. The argument I've seen online is that Gwen is the the real protagonist, and so the fact that the movie begins Mm -hmm. with her and her dad on uneasy terms, then that blows up when her dad realises her identity. She goes and has an adventure tries to find herself with other people and finds Miles again and then ultimately that blows up in her face and she goes back to her dad and 
they resolve like that was the emotional climax to the movie so that was yeah act structured out um I, I didn't mind the fact that he went and saw the spider society you know something once he found out about it he really wanted to join then he gets to see them and realizes they're no good but he's got to escape because they're evil and when he escapes to is something even worse I, I don't mind it as a as a middle sequel and we know that there's another one coming yeah having said that i didn't like when june ended halfway through the movie and they're like oh there's gonna be june too i'm like oh okay yeah, I don't know. I just, I just do that. think they were trying to do too much in this mm-hmm. movie. I think this movie just needed to set up stuff for the next one, have its own little contained story, and I just think they bit off a bit more than they can chew. But that's all I'm going to complain what? about. Like, I, the animation, beautiful. I loved seeing the different animation styles and the different universes, particularly Gwen's universe, this beautiful watercoloured, gorgeous pastel sort of visual was just stunning, truly. And I don't think, like, this this franchise has single-handedly changed animation, you know? Yeah, just the the fluidity of, of um, the yeah. movie is what got me. So, you know, in a traditional live-action movie, the scene transitions are just cuts, right? Mm-hmm. For this one, it was moving through this, that first scene particularly where Gwen leaves the auditorium after she quits the band yeah and then she walks through the outside yes. and she, and it's it a beautiful of, sequence it morphs around her the fact that she's on the um the subway mm-hmm. and she's home mm-hmm. she's spider gwen she's herself and the 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 watercolors sort of assembling and dissembling around her just beautiful yeah that sequence really stuck out struck out for me too like it's really incredible and i mean there are so many great sequences mm. i think one minor thing like we've had those quabbles with the storyline but they're pretty minor when you've got such an amazing movie for the rest of it that's mm. got such great performances and acting um voice acting the character design everything else is just amazing so we we, we front-loaded our criticisms let's face it um to a very very good movie um potentially the fight that that miles has with the spot in that first opening sequence yes was the most exciting thing to happen yeah like i, I like the rest of the, everything happened but that was just so inventive the fact that they're fighting they're punching each other and themselves through portals mm-hmm. they're running through new york city through portals like i think that was again something we hadn't seen before mm-hmm. this character who's, who's new to this um this medium but it was just so much fun and the music and the fact that he's got a ticking clock of having to get to this interview with his parents like i don't know that just brought a smile to my face that whole sequence yeah it was really really well done also like we love miles but he's still a teenager and he's just a sort of little annoying smart ass he'd be like uh, actually atm machine doesn't make sense yeah mate we know we're not just listen to what he's saying okay yeah so <laughs> that, that that worked for me though because of course you'd say that sort of thing it didn't work for me <laughs> It didn't work for me, and also Chai T didn't work for me because that felt like the author (laughs) inserting themselves into the story. That felt like the writer being like, I have this thing, and this is a great way to explore it, so here we go. This is my opinion. You know? Chai does mean tea, though. What do you mean? No, I know. I just don't think those two things seem to be breaking the fourth wall and a personal gripe that the writers had that they wanted to just make sure everyone knew. Well, what I thought, my, my impression was that he's a 15-year-old smartass and he's the first, he thinks he's the first person who's ever worked out that ATM machine is redundant. That's what he says to the villain. And then the chai tea thing is a callback to that because they're the same spider person across universes. So the chai tea person is also thinking that's redundant and thinks they're smart by saying that. That okay. was my impression of that. Yeah, I'm not Do saying like that you're Spider-Man thinking that. India? I did like Spider-Man India. I liked um, Wombatten. Yeah, how good was that? Really cool. Really cool. Do you know that his voice actor is Deadpool's um, mate from Deadpool? You're going to need to be more specific. I haven't seen that movie in years. He's got an Uber driver who he hangs out with a little bit in the Deadpool movies. Okay. I'll take take your word for it. (laughs) Um, How amazing is Hayley Steinfeld as Spider-Gwen? She's great. Her Gwen Stacy is... Potentially one of the best Spider-Man characters we've seen on film. 
yeah, I'd agree with that. I love Spider Gwen a lot. I really enjoy her story and how they explored it in the film. Mm-hmm. No, it's good stuff. I loving seeing Jake Johnson back as Peter B. Barker. Yes. Okay. So this is my favorite part of the movie. I love Peter B. Parker so much. So, so much. He's my favorite character out of this whole franchise. I love that he's got a little baby that he takes along who's also spider-equipped. I love that she's got a little beanie that she pulls down. I, I, I just love everything to do with him. I love those quiet moments with him and Mary Jane, that one little scene we have where it's like, you didn't take your baby out our baby out doing this did you and he's like no we discussed that we wouldn't do that so of course i didn't do that because we already had the discussion so like why would i do that hilarious also fighting with mary jane is like how was work yes it is it's really (laughs) he's a spider-man in a spider universe yeah (laughs) i i love him and i i love seeing him and i think he's amazing you know who else i miss seeing noir spidey yeah, he made a brief appearance, but Which not enough. Which pissed me off. <laughs> Sorry. But at the end, she's like, we have this new group with new friends and old friends. And there's Peter Porker there, the pig. And there's Neo Spider. Don't don't try and shoehorn that in. So you clearly couldn't get him for this movie. <laughs> and he just has to be drawn in the background so that, like, maybe we can get him for the final one. No, that's... No, that's crap. Sorry. That's just a crap decision all around. Wow. It's amazing. What? Is now the time where I talk about the new Spider-Man who I do not like? I mean, you can try, but you're wrong. So, but go ahead. I don't like Hobie. Why do you hate Spider-Punk? I hate him for a couple of reasons. Firstly, he reminded me a lot of Russell Brand when I first watched it with the long, like messy hair and the sort of like going against establishment and having these big rants about anti-capitalism and blah, blah, blah. I think that really turned me off when I saw it the second time. So you're pro-capitalism. Interesting. It's not true. The second time, and I understood it was Daniel Kaluuya who was voicing him, and I sort of picked up on the things, how he was helping Miles as like a mentor. I was more on board. Another thing that is totally a me problem and not an everyone else problem But his character, the way he was animated, actually really hurt my eyes to look at. So he's animated a different rate of frames per second. I can't remember the explanation now. With difference of animation styles, he's like changing all the time. And that actually physically hurt to look at him. So I think that also impacted my my opinion of the character. Um, Looking back and, and him, you know, showing Miles how to escape the thing by using his hands and going, F you guys, this isn't right, I'm out totally like more on board with him but yeah that was something that didn't gel with me the first time the power i say yeah for sure revolution i i liked him he was good having a mentor Mm. and i've seen some some commentary about the fact that he provides like actual help to to miles Mm -hmm. and there's that that connection as they're both um people of color versus Um, great so now i sound like a racist amazing (laughs) that's what i'm saying no but like i think that could be commentary in the movie but yes gwen and peter b try to offer their support but it's sort of qualified yes but where hobie is just like you know what use your powers like this and get out of here man totally i'm not going to help i'm not going to participate in this totally there's so many other um spider people in this it's hard to, to go into it too much um, and a lot of them, they're not there to so you know them. It's sort of more they're just there, part of the story. That's kind of fun. Um, just some of my favourites. You said Spider-Cat, obviously. Didn't get enough was... Um, what? I wanted more Spider-Cat and also it was stereotypical cat. It's like, oh, the cat scratches and the cat runs away and screams at you. I Can we just, like, stop painting cats in such a bad light? Did a cat jump on my face last night and scratch my nose again? Yes. Are they also the most precious and beautiful things that have ever existed? Also, yes. You know, <laughs> justice for cat representation in media. That's my new platform. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I, um, I liked Andy Samberg as Ben Riley, who's like a very 90s um, conflicted version of... Was he the one who was like, I am now in the alleyway? Is that that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he... That was a reference to the comics where often they were like narrating themselves as they go around doing sure. stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he's also the clone. The clone stuff I don't really understand. A bit crazy, but okay. He's a bit depressed, I think. Right. Um, I like seeing Penny again from the last one, the sort of anime style. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my favorite one, or one of my favorites. They're all pretty good. The Spider-Man Lego. Yes. Guy. How good was that? And the fact that it was. Um, made by the kid. Yeah, so talk about that a bit in case people don't know. Yeah, so there was a kid who was making some Spider-Man. He made like a trailer in Lego mm. of the, like he made a Lego version of the trailer, I should say. Went and so viral. he was signed up by the, the crew, to the directors, to make that sequence, the Lego sequence. Incredible, um, right? That was good stuff. Yeah, yeah I loved that too. J.K. Simmons is always in these movies. I just love that continuity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love that he, because... Let's be honest, he's the best at that role. Like, no yes. one else is, <clears throat> excuse me, going to be able to do that justice. Uh-huh. And so I love that that's the one <laughs> continuity thing with different iterations of Spider-Man that, you know, staying the same. Yes. Um, um, you had some com- concerns to, about the live-action I did, I did. I found it really jarring having the animated characters interact with live-action. I didn't mind the sort of viewing of Uncle Ben dying and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was there, sort of mm-hmm. amongst the others. That that felt fine to me. The bits that I found really jarring were there's the woman who's working in the convenience store, which I knew was a reference to something I didn't get. Yeah, she's from Venom. Yeah. It, it, I really didn't like that at all. And there's also the guy in the cage who's from Community or something. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> Donald Glover. Well, he's actually in Spider-Man um, Homecoming. Yes. He plays that version of um, Prowler, Aaron Davis. Right, okay. And in that movie, he mentions, he says to Tom Holland, I've got a nephew around here, so mm-hmm. one day we'll get a live-action Miles. Although I'm actually wondering, do we need one after these? Well, this is what I was going to say. So Shamik, mm. whose voice is Miles Morales, has been getting really buff because he wants to play him in a live-action version. And yeah. I've seen people say, what the heck are you doing? You could ride this franchise till the end make a tv yes. show make an animated tv show about spider-man that kids can watch on saturday mornings like how amazing would that yep. be I know. so yeah i don't know i don't know if that's him knowing something we and don't or whether he's they'll, just they'll probably want to do like a if, if they follow the way this has gone and the comics have gone mm. we'll have tom holland as an older spider-man and we'll have a younger uh, miles so yeah shimik i think he's probably not going to be 14 i don't know it's going to be you bud but two decades or whatever i admire yeah. your Tenacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, no Tom Holland, though. So, clearly he's being saved for the next one. Yeah, what's right? going on there? Well, he's, I think he might be slightly out of contract in terms of <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, I, he's doing uh, movies and I'm sorry. I just really hate when creative decisions are governed by crap like this. Like, it just really annoys me. No, I think they're waiting for him to be a part of the next movie. Like... Because he's only signed a contract for a certain number of appearances, though, right? Well, I I just mean he's probably got something signed because they're talking about the next movie. But when this is being made, I think they he'd done his three movies. But I I honestly think they're waiting for him to be actual character, not just on a screen in the background. I think he'll be in the next movie in a big way. Mm. Do you reckon? I, I don't know. I, I don't have any speculations. I don't really know where this is heading. I haven't read the comics, so I don't know what mm. they're going to take from it. I'm just like, here, letting it happen to me. <laughs> I don't know. I want more Peter B. Parker. I want neo-noir 
Spidey to come back. Mm-hmm. I just want to tie it to a told story. Now, we've been talking a lot about how, how great the animation is, and it yes. really is some of the best thing you've seen. There's been a story that's just come out about the working conditions for the animators being um, Ooh, quite, tell me. quite bad. Okay. Well, that's like not good. Seven-day seven, seven day <laughs> weeks, 12-hour days, that sort of thing. Um, having things change sort of last minute and having to redo a lot of stuff. Um, a bit chaotic, uh, which is not good. And as much as we all love these movies and we, we, we so appreciate the artwork, I, I don't think we want people who are making them to be have such um, harsh conditions i'd rather no. it take longer but people are paid and um, valued for their work in a much better way to me it just seems like a relic of like a, a forgotten era you know like back in the old days we had no regulations for movie making and we used to kill horses in war scenes and people used to work crazy hours like it's mm. like no there's no need for it. it's a job like any other person's job that they come to do yeah you can be really passionate about your job but they should be there should be <laughs> standards and like things the studios have to abide by like i don't think that's so crazy for us to want well like the writers are striking at the moment Mm -hmm. and the the animators should too if this is the sort of thing that is happening to them yeah um reminds me a lot of the um the video game industry which is they talk about crunch where they they like put a date and they have to work really hard out long hours to to make that date Mm. and so people are working yeah 20 hour days and stuff i'm like i don't know we're not saving lives here we're not yeah <laughs> but there are times when society has to, to do that like mm-hmm. covid times where people yep had to work really hard to, to save lives and keep society going making a spider-man movie doesn't require that no making a video game we can make that under good conditions you'd hope exactly yeah and if we can't we don't deserve it and also isn't this like the whole point of art that like i don't know like yes it's necessary but it's also not necessary in a lot of ways and also, the art that you're making, is that not saying... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, totally, it's not worth worth this. It, it's worth having artwork, but not to the point where the people making it... Yeah, not to the detriment are, of human yeah, health and yeah, yeah, well-being. Totally. Mm. And I think, hopefully, if you, people were like, hey, you can get a Spider-Man movie, but to do it, people have got to go through complete misery and have terrible lives for several years. They're like, no, well... Obviously not. <laughs> if it takes takes me seven years rather than four years, then that's okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not because capitalism, we need to churn out as much content as quickly as possible to make it the most money. Well, yeah. And you have to wonder, are the animators the ones making the money? But they're the ones making the movie. Yeah. No. They're not making the... I doubt they get... The profits are going to them in the same degree. <clears throat> anyway. May that's I... That's sh- something to think about. Yes, for sure. May I transition into Twitter Corner? Let's turn that corner. Let's turn that corner and... I mean, is it on the corner or is it the corner? Much to decide. Go into the corner, then back out. Maybe. Are we going to get stuck like Austin Powers did? It's a reference that's lost on me, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll send you the video later. Okay, cool. He's driving a little car and he gets stuck in a corridor and he can't back out. <laughs> okay. Um, you don't care. Randy Jones. Just saw Across the Spider-Verse again, and I think this sums up the genius of the movie's thesis statement very well. It's Miguel O'Hara, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield saying, to be a Spider-Man, you have to go through the death of a relative. It's in our rubric. Abide by it. Which, again, is sort of talking about if one person has suffered the desire that they feel for other people to suffer so that they're suffering, it's not in vain, you know? Yep, I was hit as a kid, so I should hit my kids. Very common in psychology. Yeah, for sure. Or I had to go through um, my partner getting dragged by the tabloids and the press. So why can't your partner, Harry, Meghan Markle, go through the same thing? It's a rite of passage. Yeah. So, one yeah. thing One thing I'd say about that, we, we mm-hmm. sort of had a slight criticism of the characters of, of Gwen and Peter B there. If they've been presented by, by Miguel, who's the expert on this, that it's inevitable, maybe they're trying to just get Miles to realise, hey, there's nothing you can do to stop your dad from dying this is part of our journey mm. and they're like they're supportive of him but they're like dude this is just how literally the universe works as we know it so you're gonna have to deal with that mm. and look who knows maybe he'll he'll try and save things and it'll end up even worse in the next movie yeah maybe um another tweet from rajan delman or hope i'm pronouncing that correctly 
He's got a few. So they say, props to the squirming, excited young guy next to me during Spider-Verse who literally said, I love it when they make references. You're the glue that holds this all together. <laughs> I don't think it takes away from the film to say that this is the movie for guys who like references. I really enjoyed Mubatten. My criticisms of the film are mostly that it has no ending and there is a scene with the mum that feels a thousand years long and overall that might be one or two many big emotional beats capitalised. I feel a bit bludgeoned, but still very good. I think that's how I feel too. Like, that it just wasn't structurally there for me and there were some bits that weren't too long, but overall, good movie. I think that's interesting, the thing about the references, because mm. for me, I'm not a huge Spider-Man nerd like some people, but... To me, when I saw Spider-Man in a cowboy hat with a horse who's also got a Spider-Man hat on, I didn't think of that like, oh, that's a reference I understand. It was more like, oh, that's a cool version of Spider-Man. That's interesting. So, you know how other movies sometimes, like, you know, we watched Rogue One, mm-hmm. and there's like a split-second oh shot of R2-D2 and yeah. C-3PO, and the person next to was like, oh my god, look at that. That, to me, felt like fan service. This, to me, was just like, hey, look at all the crazy Spider-Man they've been over the years. And you're not supposed to know all of them and, and understand that reference, but just appreciate this is a multiverse. That's interesting. I think perhaps that's probably a more mature response that you're having. Because Thank you. in my <laughs> mature as in older, I think. Because I was watching in my cinema the bit where they had the pointing Spider Man, all yeah. of the kids immediately laughed so loud you couldn't hear the thing. Like that was oh just God. there for a reference, so well, I do understand maybe some of the background Spidey's not being a direct reference like you're saying. I do think there was also a little bit of court fan service, not really, but cinema of recognition with a couple of the things there. Um, yeah, and like they had the, the the Spider-Man from the video games, the recent video games was there. And yes, they mentioned that. yeah. And there was like the Spider-Man from a TV show from like 2008. So that was definitely mm. a reference to, mm. to them. They, they spoke and stuff, so that that's true. But on, overall, it wasn't so much like, um, oh, do you remember this? This guy here? Yep, he's here. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from Twitter Corner? Oh, I've got heaps. Um, Matt Zolazites, saw the new Twitterverse, everything you've heard... Uh, Twitterverse. <laughs> saw the new Spiderverse, everything you've heard is true. This series feels like the laboratory for a new storytelling language. Not comics, not cinema, but a hybrid and also something else. Interested to see who picks up on it and builds on it. Totally. I want more of this weird animation that's not fitting the cookie cutter mold of Disney or anything that's, you know, I don't know. It's just really exciting. Even the bits like they had the editor notes. Do you remember? Little editorial notes just to give us a little bit of background so we understood the scene a bit better. The comic dialogue was still there. Like it was all really. Yeah. On on a very meta level, the character of Miles is presented with something and says, no way, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do it my own way. And the filmmakers have done that too by saying, okay, this is how animation's been done for over 100 years. Let's do it different. Mm. And they have. And they have. Cassie Comics, a little more context and another fun Spidey connection, because I'm terminally obsessed with Donald Glover. He wore that shirt in Community as a nod to a fan campaign at the time to get him cast as Spider-Man. And T-A-S-M to Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse. Why is it T-A... Should be ATSM. Sorry. The Amazing Spider-Man. Ah, yes. Would later reference this with a Troy poster in Peter's room. Interesting. So what's the fan... You watch Community. Hmm. Do you remember this fan campaign around him becoming Spidey? Yes. So I think that was when they decided they weren't going to do any more Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And before Andrew Garfield was cast. Donald Glover was young and... Hot at that point, I think he was just starting in community, or maybe around that time. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I think there was a bit of a Twitter thing. It was like, oh, he's cool, he should do it. And I don't know if he campaigned himself, but he was like, yeah, this would be cool. Like, I think he was really pushing it, but he was like, I wouldn't say no to the opportunity potentially if that came up. Um, it didn't go. They went with Andrew Garfield for that movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the the writers of the Spider-Man comic were like, oh, what if we did have a, a non-white Peter Parker and then eventually ended up being a, a Miles Morales. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, so then it's weird when they reference that in Community when he wears his Spider-Man shirt at one point when he, he's like in his pyjamas, Spider-Man pyjamas. That's kind of fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then 
he voiced Miles Morales on a TV show, like a cartoon as well, which is fun. And then he plays the Prowler in the live-action version of the Tom Holland Spider-Man's bit you know, 10 years later or so. Hmm. And so they're sort of keeping that going. And you have to wonder as well, when he signed up to be the Prowler in that movie, was he signing one of these Marvel contracts which goes for 20 years? Yes, and it's like, yeah. You know, in, in 2030, you'll be playing him in a movie as with Miles Morales, Spider-Man, potentially. Or maybe it's just a fun thing they're doing for the time being. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brandon Hodges at Metaplex Movies probably speaks to your experience more than mine. Um, Not everyone feels this way, but I love how Across the Spider-Verse balances setting up a sequel while being its own movie. Miles and Gwen have tidy and concluding arcs, do they? With genuine growth, and it still ends on a true cliffhanger. It's among the best part ones I've ever seen. Going to have to politely disagree with you there, Brandon. Um, Joey at Light Talk Heavy. Spoiler warning, got a theory walk with me. It's a picture of Hobie and of his laces. And then screen capture from a search. What is the blue lace code? Blue laces indicate that the wearer has killed a police officer. So they're saying that could have been a little addendum. I wasn't aware of this, and I think my sneakers have blue laces, but that's not my (laughs) message to the world, everybody. Just so you know. Have you seen me? Just how they came to me, the shoes. Yes. I'm not laughing at police officers being killed. I'm laughing at... I don't know. The but, fact that I get, I get caught up in a yeah, you would absolutely do situation that. like that. Yeah. Um, mm. Then we have, I don't know, some crit- critic, Twitter critic is having a go. And the quote tweet from Robert McQuarrie is, I find it hilarious that these chuds will whine about Peter being fat or running around in a pink bathrobe in order to argue that the only cisgender white male is being undermined when the movies go out of their way to show that he's the most effective Spider-Man think it's just all right people um the point you made about hobie spider punk having blue laces Mm. is that people have built on that theory saying that the police captain who died in his universe was killed by hobie yeah okay that's interesting so Mm. given and given he's living in a a fascist totalitarian state that that's yes his journey wasn't that he's someone close to him was killed he was the killer. Right. That's interesting. Mm. So, again, that brings into what is a core event then? They all seem so drastically different between all of the... Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Miguel, hope you've got a plan. Um, Zach... I think he's lying to us, lying to himself. Even, yeah, okay. Actually. Yeah. I think that would be the most intelligent sort of reading yeah. of that. There's my thing. Like, I'm happy for Miles to be fighting the multiverse and get that sorted out, right? Mm. But I would like a scene, like a, a movie where he is, like, just helping the neighbourhood. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Well, I think that's where a TV show could come in. Yeah, and you just have like villain of the week stuff, little tight, mm-hmm. just what's happening in the neighborhood. I think I want to see that. Like that sounds cool. Yeah, and that's been the problem with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, who we love for so many yes. reasons. Yeah. He's such a good performance. He is. But he's been like a little mini Iron Man. But with the suit and then going into space. Yeah. yeah. Space. He's fighting villain. It's it's the Batman problem too, where we love Batman when he's fighting the Joker in Gotham City. I don't love Batman as much when he's fighting space aliens with Superman. I agree. Yeah. It, it, especially in those last couple of movies of that Ben Affleck thing. Mm-hmm. They even had to, like, sideline him in the fight. They're like, you go over there, Batman. Yeah, you <laughs> you chill out over there while Superman, de- yeah, Superman deals with the actual stuff. Yeah. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, what's the most devastating scene in any superhero movie? Not, not someone is being killed or whatever. It's when... Art May is trying to give um, Peter Parker twenty dollars, yeah, and he doesn't want to take it because he knows she's going through financial yeah. stress, right? <sighs> That's why that, those movies are the best. They really are. They're still my favorite Spider Mans. Um, Zach Silverberg has given me the name of the kid Preston Matungo, is fourteen years old, who did the Lego animation and did the um, trailers as well. And he says, sorry, but this shit is so cool and inspiring. Being online feels so dire and depressing. And then something like this happens as a result of how we share art and interact on the internet. The kid is so talented and this story rocks. And props to that production team doing that, you know? Like, again, that feels like a new way of, I don't know, That's good. making I movies. Him. Not gonna, and yes, I hope so too. <laughs> I hope so too. Beep up. Oh, that was so good. I love that so much. 
I think that might have been my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> and Miguel says, thanks, you're one of our best. You're one of our best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he is. He's the best character to play in those Lego games, by the way. He's got all the powers. You can swing around as yeah. him. He's mm-hmm. he's the best one. He was always my go-to. Um, just a couple more. Houston Coley. I understand there's a point for people who didn't know that the Spider-Verse was going to end on a cliffhanger, but I can't help but think that every criticism for being half a movie could ultimately be applied to the Empire Strikes Back just as easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't recall Empire Strikes Back. I'm sorry. Yeah, look, that's interesting. Like, I know Mr. Sunday Movie said that his son watched it with him and was so mad when it was uh, to be continued <laughs> yes. at the end. He's like, what do you mean it's not ending? I don't know. The kids should be disappointed. They should have something to look forward to every now and then, I reckon. Mm. Cosmonaut Marcus, your point. An organisation with thousands of Peter Parkers would not agree to any of that shit. Doesn't ruin the movie because it's vague enough that you can make your own interpretations of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's what you're doing with Miguel. But it was a big sticking point in the middle chunk of the story for me. Someone yeah, said it's also the... like this. Mm. Well, the fact that they're supposed to be, they're really smart because they're Peter Parker's, right? He's one of the smartest guys around. Yeah. Maybe he would like, if they, that the problem is given to him, he'd probably work it out. Especially if he's got like, you know, thousand other Peter Parkers he could work with. They could figure out a way to get around having to have your dad die. Yeah, and it's so someone said in response, it's theorized that Miguel handpicked the Spider-Mans that would mm-hmm. like go along with it. Yeah. But the original poster says, but we see Peters that we know wouldn't agree to any of this go along with it so i don't know if that's selective information given to them perhaps yeah yeah um the final stop on twitter corner is it the final stop on actually no i've got two final stops first is spider gwen and the trans interpretation of her character Mm -hmm. so there's some discussion over the colors used in gwen's animation are the trans colors um But more so her story of not being accepted by her father, having to come out to her father, having to find her own family, are very allegorical of the experience of trans people. And Jesse Earls made a really great post. I'm just going to read it for a bit. There's a reason so many trans folks are relating to Spider-Gwen's story, and it's not because, hey, she has trans colours behind her in a scene. While, yes, we need more explicit trans characters, trans folks love Gwen because her story is steeped in queer and trans themes tangible signifiers like the trans colors and the trans kids poster in her room are nice signals to a trans audience that reading into her is safe and that the artists are trans supportive but they aren't the real reason trans people are so attached to her the story of her fearing her father not accepting her him getting violent when she comes out to him as a spider girl while he says you killed my pseudo son literally meaning peter but symbolically and her finding love in a found family of folks like her all resonate we are so trained to look for the consumable versions of queerness and transness. The, hey, look, two people the same gender kissed moment that companies like Disney try to sell us as actual representation, that we don't discuss which stories really resonate with us. This isn't to say we should let companies get away with not having explicit LGBTQ characters or hiring LGBTQ artists, but that needs to come coupled with actual stories that mean something to us, not we got to kiss for a second. And Spider-Man Gwen is a story like that. I think that's really beautiful and really well put, yeah, Jesse. Thank you for outlining that for us. Well, we can link that in the show notes too. People can read it. I will, yeah. Read some other things. Absolutely. Going around that. Yeah, perfect. Um, it's also a little moment that Gwen kept the haircut that Miles gave her when he stuck to mm. her hair um, and kept the selfie. Um, a Hobie one that you'll love. Hobie, the ultimate bro, let Gwen crash his place and she didn't want to go home. What about to keep his guard up and how he can escape and is visibly proud of him. Stole tech to build Gwen a spare watch to travel through universe and joins the team to save Miles. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, you hate him. I don't oh, hate him. No, I don't hate him. He was just um, painful for me to watch. Like I can't, I can't help well, that. I went through the same experience that that Miles did when he's like obviously been pining over this girl for for many years or yes. a little while at least. And then it's like, oh, here she turns up with a cool older boyfriend. Is the impression he gets? Yes. He's like, oh, why is your jacket at her house? Like, yes. He's at house, that sort of thing. <laughs> but then it's like, oh, my God, no, he's the best guy. He's actually mm. helping me out. Mm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I like there's two more stops. So one this morning, the double meaning of in every universe Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man is extremely obvious, but it feels like I'm the, I'm the only one way more focused on the part about being her having an existential crisis over how often she dies across the universe over the romance part. I didn't even think about this. I thought it was only the romance part, but now I've been thinking about it again. Absolutely, that's there for a reason. 
So does she know about the other Gwens and know what happened to the other Gwens? She'd, she'd have to, I'm guessing. But how much of the of the multiverses do they know and how much does Miguel kept from them, though? Like, does he know everything that happens in every universe and they know, like, a little bit of what he's told them? Or do they know? Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing's stopping them talking to each other, too, I guess, when when she turns up as Gwen Stacy and half the Peter Parkers are like, uh, what? You're dead? Yeah, that's true. In my universe? That's true, so. Yeah. You'd have to imagine that gets brought up at some point. Mm. Okay, final stop. There's two versions of the movie? Uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> a bit of a point. I think there's like one or two quick scenes where there's different things going on. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse editor confirms there are multiple versions of the film currently in theatres. Quote, I was wondering when people might start noticing, end quote. And there's a whole list of different lines and different... What are they? What are the lines? When the spot is going to put his finger in the mini collider, he either says, which would not be good, or he says, oh, what the heck? When Ben Riley grabs Miles during the chase scene, he either says, I've got you trapped in my well-defined musculature, so don't even. Or, this one's called the sleep hold. I'm using my bicep to constrict your... There's, during the scene where Miles' dad chases the spot at the beginning, he falls through one of the spots. You either get a scene where he groans and looks around, or you get one a one-frame reaction of his face. There's a bunch of them. Like, there's a bunch of things. Um, I feel like they should have decided on what the film was and then just had one version. I agree. And not to mention the sound issues of this movie. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so my first time seeing this, I could not understand a single word that Gwen was saying in the beginning at all. The music was so loud. And their solution was that we as cinema, as a cinema audience should go talk to the people at the cinema and ask them to change their settings. Nah, come on. I, I don't know why it's become so difficult for movies to be heard right now. Actually, there was a really good either Vox or Vulture video on that. I'll see if I can link it. Um, but, like, I don't think it should be my responsibility to make sure that I can hear a movie that is an audio and visual format. Yeah, and I thought it was just my cinema, but then nope. it's happening lots of places. Yeah, weird. So, anyway, just a few weird things there at the end that have come out in the last couple of days so i don't really know how to make sense of them or interpret them but mm. they're there well thank you very much are we in ratings corner now well i don't know if we can call it a, i feel like twitter corner is the only corner i feel like okay. what about ratings room okay does that make it sound sort of sexual <laughs> ratings round like an amphitheater just give me a rating okay <laughs> Five stars for me. Lonnie. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I had a few concerns. So it's not a perfect film if you had a few mm. concerns. No. Five stars. Must see. And most people have seen it by now. But if you haven't, go watch it. Three and three quarters stars for me. Three and three quarters. That's... No, go back to the drawing board, I reckon, for me. No. Have another go. I have so many issues. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love the animation. Think it's beautiful. But not for me structurally. Do you, will it change for you if the next one is the final part of the story? So like it fixes up some I of think, those things? I think it like, will, oh. yeah. I think in like a, a year or two after I've seen the other one, I think it might contextualize this a little bit more for me. Sure, sure. But what I'm feeling now is valid. And oh, yeah. no, that's how kidding. I feel. And don't try and change my feelings. <laughs> Just being funny. You can totally um, feel that way. And, yeah, I'm keen to see what happens next. The report that's just come out about the working conditions suggests that maybe it won't be out next year when it says it will, but mm. maybe it'll work harder now. <laughs> Eight days <laughs> a week. The, they'll get the whips out. Yeah, I don't know. That's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, very much recommend it. Mm. Can't get enough of this. Um, my main thing is that next one will just sort of maybe hopefully wrap up multiverse stories for the time being. Yes. And we can just go back to being normal movies. That sounds great to me. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. We've actually got a... We did a review of, of the first Spider-Man back in the day. We did. You might have to scroll a bit or do some clever Googling to find it, but I believe in you. I don't know if that would be clever. Can they type things on a computer and open a web page? You'll, you'll probably find it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Well, just the Google sometimes isn't that great. That's true. That's true. But Sorry. you find it. Yeah. Just have a, have a search. You can search in your app as well. 
um, usually. Um, also got other podcasts coming up. It's a bit of a, um, yeah, we, we, the way our podcast goes, we have Oscar season, then we do some TV shows, and mm-hmm. now it's blockbuster season too with a lot of big um, movies coming out in the American summer. So um, we're keen to get into all those soon, aren't we, Sine? I just remembered there is one other multiverse thing I have to go watch, which is homework. I do, though, don't I? I'm talking about The Flash, everybody. Yeah, well, that's coming up. Well, you'll probably have lots of thoughts about that, I imagine. I'm going to see it on Tuesday, so then I'm not mad about spending too much money to go see it because it's cheap Tuesday. Okay. Nice. Good I just, you. like, it better be pretty exceptional to excuse everything that's happened. I'll just say that. And it's not going we'll to be, and I know that. <laughs> like... We'll see. Well, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. You can um, keep up to date with what's happening. Uh, and I guess until next time, what are we saying today? Uh, fight the system. I'm just saying goodbye, but we could oh, fight okay. the system if you like. Yeah, see ya. Bye. <laughs> Try to be homie. Isn't that what he says? Where's that effect? Yeah. 